morning, everyone. Hey, look, when I look up here and see me, I'm as disappointed as you are. I like to hear our pastor preach. I'm like Chip. I've, I've loved the Word of God for years, and, you know, I know what he means. Uh, there's just something about it. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. I pray today, this morning, that my voice does not hinder the message that God has put on my heart. Um, had some sinus problems for the last whole week and was getting better. And Well, if the enemy thinks I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do, he's wrong. Because I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to do this morning. You know, the Word of God is... It's powerful, and sometimes we take it so much for granted. And um, we're going to see this morning that Jesus, being the Word himself, has a real impact on a life. And then that life has a real impact on someone else, and so on and so on. I have used this many times. Um, but today I'm going to share it in a little bit different way, and I hope that you will get something from what is said. John chapter 4. <clears throat> I'll begin reading at verse 27. I'm going to read it verse 27. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. And yet no man said, What seeketh ye? Nor, Why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith unto the men, Come see a man, which told me of things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to Jesus. And I want to drop on down to verse 39 and read a couple of verses here. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritan were come unto him, they, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own words, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard this indeed, the Christ, he is the Savior of the world. I want to declare before I get started this morning that Jesus is the Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, with broken words and no doubt, Lord, a, a broken voice this morning, God, I inquire of the Holy Spirit to help me, Lord, this morning. That God, that Father, we may see here at the Madison Baptist Church today that there is a man that came upon this earth 
able to deliver the souls from the gates of hell and to establish us in a place of bliss, not only in heaven but also here, that our hearts can be so enlarged that, Lord, our lives are changed. And, Lord, it is this morning that we ask you to make a change in us. And we will give you the glory and we will give you the praise. For we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> now, many of you know from the teachings of Pastor Jim and from time to time, if you've probably been into one of my classes or Chip's classes, you know that the Jews and the Samaritans were kind of at odds from time to time. The Jews would even go the long way around so that they would not have to pass through Samaria. When they would go around to get to a place that would have been closer had they went right through Samaria. And as the years went by, people bypassed Samaria. You know that place. It's the place where Jacob's well is. It's the place where the forefathers had sprung water up in the desert. And yet there was a problem. This morning in our Sunday school class, we were talking about the heart of the law. There is the letter of the law, which the Pharisees and the scribes knew about, and then there was the heart of the law that Jesus tried to teach us about. And as we were having discussion, Anthony brought up a tremendous point in our class. He said that, you know, when you get a thorn in your foot, that thorn will fester, and it will fester, and it will fester. And we were talking this morning about how things can get into our hearts and our lives, and they can fester with us so much inside that they continue to give us problems. And Anthony's uh, reference was to pull the thorn out of your foot to allow it time to heal. Now, that may not mean as much to you all this, this, this afternoon, but this morning in Sunday school class, it was an eye-opener to me. And so as we dig in and try to get into the heart of God, sometimes we've got to pull off all those old thorns that are so easily to beset us. Anthony hit it right on the nose. Now let me tell you, <clears throat> Jesus decided that his disciples would go right through Samaria. He doesn't bypass, does he? He'll come through any stony heart, will he not? He came through mine. And so he comes up through Samaria and he tells his disciples, go on over to, to uh, Sychar. Go over there into the town. I'm going up here. So he goes up to Jacob's well. And he's standing there at Jacob's well. It's a beautiful picture, if you will. But it's noonday. Why at such a hot time would he go there? You would read the scriptures early on. There was a scripture that said he had needs to go to Samaria. Just so happened that this little Samaritan woman, she was making her way to the well. She was coming to that well with her drawing pots. She's coming in that direction, Brother Jerry. Why did she not come in the morning? Why did she not come in the very morning when it was cool, when all the other part of the community came? Why did she not come then? How did Jesus know that she would be there? I'll tell you that he knows all things. 
He knows all things about you, and he knows all things about me. He's not your enemy. He did not come to, to, to criticize you. He did not come to condemn you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, I've not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, he knew that little Samaritan woman was going to be there at high noon, just like he knew that I would be at Casey, West Virginia at 11 o'clock on December 17th, 1978. He knew that you would be here today to hear this message, a message called, Come and See a Man. I didn't ask you to come and see me. I didn't ask you to come and hear this rickety old voice. But all oh, but Jesus Christ comes, and he wants us, each one, to say, Come and see a man. Oh, what does he look like? Oh, what does he Oh, I think the scriptures told us in Isaiah that if you was to look upon him, you wouldn't find anything attractive about him. And Psalms 22, of course, when he was on that cross, that old rugged cross, you would have not saw anything that was appealing to him. You would have not seen him as a handsome man on that cross. No, you would not have. You would have saw a body that was beaten beyond recognition, the, the beard plucked out of his face, and beaten with stripes that no man could endure. But God kept him alive because he wanted us to come see a man. What about this woman? Can you see her? I can. I can see her coming up that little hill, coming up toward Jacob's well. Got them little pots at noon, sweaty. Who is this woman? Let's look at her for just a minute. I believe through studying her, I believe she's broken. Do you see broken people? I believe she's in despair, and I believe she's an outcast. Brother Jim, I believe she has very few friends. I don't believe she's got a flower garden. I believe she has no direction. She's living in sin. She needs a new direction. She's living in a pattern of mediocrity. That's her life. And so she comes up to the well, and Jesus already knows who she is. But she doesn't know who he is. Just like many that walk in church houses or roam the streets, they've heard that name Jesus. But they don't know him. And yet there was something different about this man as she approaches this well. She had come to get water. You know what scientists says about water? It's called the miracle substance. Jesus said, I am the water. That's the true miracle substance. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Come, see a man. Now let's hurry along here if we could. So she, being a, a Samaritan woman, Jesus asked, said, would you draw me a drink of water? It, 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 it perplexes her. Why would you, as a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, to draw water for you? In other words, we don't have any association. And then he says, oh, but if you knew who you were speaking to, 
you would ask me of the water that I can give. And what is that water? It's the living water. And it flows up within the belly of a man or a woman or a boy or a girl and up through the Spirit, and it brings new life. Yes, new life, even in this world that we live in. And so she begins to hear from the voice of God that's true and living water. All Mark that she had ever done, all these sins that she wants to be erased or put away, but she's living in them and she's tormented. Are you? Come see a man. Friday, Thursday, I was outside and I was cleaning the grill and as I was standing there in the grill, I've told you, I pray that God will send people. Just send somebody. Let me tell them about Jesus and what he's done for me. It's almost like I'm praying, come see a man. And I look and a guy's coming down the road. He stops. I know him. I wave. He waves. He walks up the way. Brother Andrew says, you know, I said, I said, I haven't seen you in a while. He, I said, man, I, I miss you. He said, ah, oh, got hurt, fell off a house, about killed myself. He said, he said, it was about two foot, seemed like, before I hit the ground. For the first time in my life, I feared dying. Well, didn't that open up a can of worms? And we got to talk. And I saw the despair in his life. I saw the hurt. I saw him needing a Savior. And I witnessed to him. He certainly was moved by what we talked about and went on his way, and he promised he'd be back. And I believe he will. He's been there before. Come see a man. And so the disciples come back to the, to the Jacob's well, and so she takes off, and she's going to town. She goes to Sychar. And the very people that she didn't want to mingle with at early morning, she now has the boldness to say these words. Come, see a man that told me all that I ever did. And so many believe because of her word. Many can believe because of your word. Your children, ask them. Hey, get them around the sink when you're washing dishes and just ask them, who do you think Jesus is? Just open up conversation. It may not last a minute, but it's the first minute. Listen, the Holy Spirit will give increase to your effort. This woman goes down. Probably didn't have a very good reputation, did she? But oh, I want to tell you something. Reputation, good, bad, or indifferent. If the Spirit of God moves on you and you've decided to change your direction, you can say these words, come see a man. When I was 22 years old, I would have not told anybody about this man. I didn't know anything about him. But all by the time I turned 23 and a half, 24 years old, I knew that he could make a change in a person. Not perfection. He can make a change. So these people get intrigued, don't they? And the Samaritan men find themselves going and finding Jesus himself. And they ask him to stay longer. And he shared with them. 
And the Bible teaches that many and many were saved because of his words. Now, here's where I'll take this message in a totally different direction. You knew every bit of that probably, but I told you. But every now and then, a teacher will understand something. He will understand that we don't have the ability to teach people new things. We just need the ability to remind people of things they've forgotten. And sometimes we let them slip, don't we? But what if I was to ask some people here, and I will not embarrass you, just those of, that are my very closest friends. If I was to ask, and I don't want him to answer, I'm going to answer for him. If I was to ask my friend Preston Gore, Preston, tell me about a man. And Preston may say something like this. He may say, oh, Bill, he said, come and see a man that I watched change lives at the hero house. And Bill, he may say, and he has to me many times, come see a man that came into my life and took a stony heart and made it pliable and made it something that the clay master could mold to. My brother Preston Gore can say to any of us today, come see a man. Oh, I could go into John chapter 9 and I could tell you about the blind man and how that he received his sight from the man of Galilee. I can take you into Luke chapter 8 and talk about the demons that were in a man and he was freed from them. I can take you on down through the scriptures where the woman with the issue of blood and Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. And I could point the direction and they all would say, come see a man. And I can take you into over 200 places in the New Testament alone that people would testify and encourage you and say, Tina, come see a man. Or I can take you to another place. I can take you to where there was a little widow from Nain. She was all alone because her son had just died. And Brother Mark, they put that casket the, the friends of the community did on top of their shoulders. And they began to walk toward the place of burial. Yeah, I can take you to that place. And I can take you to that place where Jesus came out to where that congregation was going down the road and he stopped them. And he looks and he gets into the briar and he says to the, to the man that was lying in that casket, young man, arise. I can take you there. And that young man, I'm sure, and the widowed mother would say, come, see a man. When's the last time you told your neighbor? When's the last time you, you saw your, your lost husband or your lost wife and you said, come, see a man? Just say that and they'd say, what man? You'd say, a man by the name of Jesus. Or I could go on into the congregation and I could ask our pastor, what do you see? The pastor would probably say, no doubt, oh, come see a man. That gives me the strength and energy to work for this congregation day in and day out, giving me the courage 
to do what I'm supposed to do for the kingdom of God. Oh, come and see a man. I could, I could ask Connie Brammer. She might say, come and see a man. His name is Jesus. That during our family trials of losing that and losing my brother, I could say, come see a man that gave me peace that passeth all understanding. I'm telling you, it's serious business. There's a lost and a dying world up there. They're, they're walking around with backpacks, but they're not only walking around with backpacks, they're walking into your home and my home every single day. Or I may even ask my wife. I may ask my loving wife. What would you say, Sheila? And I think she would say, come and see a man who still lifts me up when the pain of losing Brother Mike overwhelms my heart and my mind. My Savior gives me grace to carry on another day and dries my tears of the assurance in his words that I'll hug my brother Mike again in the portals of glory. And I'm getting ready to wrap this up. But I could go on a long time. Brother Jim never gets up here just blowing in the wind. I don't get up here and just blow in the wind. Clint, but listen, this takes agony for me to stand before you. But I want you to know this man not just in the pages of the word in, in structure of sentences, but all of the dialogue of a heart. Are you as close to the Lord as you used to be? And if you're not, who moved? What if I were asked to ask Jonathan Butcher, the son of Pastor Jim and the First Lady Karen, I believe Jonathan Butcher would say this. I believe he would say, come see a man. And I believe he'd say it with vigor. And I believe he would say, come see a man whose name is Jesus, who is changing my life right before your very eyes. And by the way, listen, if you'll come out tonight, I'll tell you a little more because I'm preaching at the Madison Baptist Church tonight. I believe he'd say that. Finally, if you want to, you could ask me. And I would say this to you. I was lost. Imperfect, still am. Ignorant of the Word of God. With no Bible in my possession. No direction. But somebody said to me, Come, see a man. He told me all that I've ever done. Folks, you don't have to tell people what I've done. Jesus already knows. I'm ashamed. 
that he gave me life. So I ask you these few questions today. Have you seen this man, Jesus? I saw him, Brother Chip, when you got up here. I saw him when these people got up here and did their best on their music. Saw him as people began to pillar through the way. Saw him when Joe Lemba went up there and made sure that we were all trying to get everything in order this morning. I see Jesus in you. Do you know Jesus intellectually? Oh, it's so good. But do you know him as creator? As savior? As master? Do you know him as the Messiah? The one that can take you no matter how old or young you are and take you and cleanse you and make you whole to where you can, listen, you can lead your teenage friends to Jesus and they won't perish in the fire. Yeah, the fire is still in the Word. We just don't hear it very often. But it's still there. He saved the lives of a whole Samaritan town. He can save you and he desires to. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come and get a song. And we're going to rise. And we're going to sing. Sherry will have to tell me what song it is. I don't even know. Have that own way. And we're going to rise. And you're going to ask yourself this question. And I am too. As we sing this song. Have I told enough people to come see a man as we stand?